Welcome back to Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast where we'll be covering everything about the franchise that we love. My name is Nate, and I'm always joined by my good friend, Brucker. Brucker, how you doing today? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, being that you're not from around here. I'm doing well! I'm doing well, so happy to talk about <laughs> Chapter 6 of the Book of I know. Boba Fett. I know. Dude, this one was crazy. This one is absolutely crazy. But before we get into it, let me plug our social media real quick. So if you are a listener or you're not a listener or you just want to support us, go ahead and follow us at Blue Milk Drop on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Still not active on TikTok and YouTube yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Brooker, what you got to say? Yes, we would greatly appreciate that. And thank you, everybody that has been interacting with us. This has been a buzzy week for us. Um, I want to shout out uh, Wolf Game, Wolf City Gaming for, you know, we're having fun conversations about this. And I want to shout out the All Bros podcast. Really fun podcast. I've been on there a couple of times. Caleb and Jonathan are really solid dudes. And if you like movies, go check them out. They, they cover movies of every genre. But um, I saw that you and Caleb have been going back and forth on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I thought I, I thought <laughs> I didn't know who he thought he was talking to, but you were talking to me <laughs> the whole time, and uh, it just kind of cracked me up because I'm just like, does this guy think he's talking to Brucker? Because uh, I don't know, we've met like maybe like once before, but I never did establish who was messaging. So yeah, thanks for shouting, thanks for talking to me, and having good conversation and like theorizing back and forth. I think that was a lot of fun. And uh, maybe we'll bring up something from our discussion. Ooh. Ooh. Now I do want to emphasize it's, I just had a weird mouth noise. I do want to emphasize that it's really nice when people do reach out and leave us nice reviews. Cause it lets us know how we're doing. And we got our first written five-star review on iTunes um, from a fellow that first tweeted at us. Uh, on our Twitter at Blue Milk Drop, and he left us a very that's interesting, who left it. Yeah, yeah, that's who left it. He left oh. us a very interesting iTunes review. Nate, will you please read Let the transcript? Read Let me just first off but say uh, I love this guy. <laughs> I saw <laughs> I saw you guys were messaging back and forth, and I was like, who is this guy? This guy's great. So this is from Rural Farm Boy, and his title is "Want a sip of some blue milk." question mark <laughs> that's great and uh he's got like a like a like a western theme to to his social media and I, I love it he's from missouri the, i think missouri. i don't know i'm just speculating but the <laughs> the review reads nate and brecker will give you a drop by drop these drops are more like a gush you're gonna want to listen up here if they're in my playlist it's recommended to get them in yours said by me Rural Farm Boy. Thank you, Rural Farm Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, dude. Y'all's interactions. And he, uh, I was looking at his Twitter, and uh, he was shouting out a lot of people that day, and I found some new Star Wars podcasts for myself. It was great. Yeah, it's a very fun community. So please let us know how you think we're doing and share us with friends. That's the best way to grow the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so thank you, guys. But... We are here for the show, so on this show, we'll be geeking over Season 1, Chapter 6 of the Book of Boba Fett, or The Mandalorian. I'm not really sure at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so this is how it's going to go. Uh, we'll be going over show details, initial reactions, 
Uh, things that stood out slash bold predictions with a few humble brags a little bit <laughs> in there. Uh, we're maybe going to try to freestyle this finale and we're going to give our Death Star episode rating and close out the show. So let us get into it. The title for this one was From the Desert Comes a Stranger. Uh, the release date was February 2nd, 2022. Official runtime about 47 minutes. Another long episode. Loved that. Uh, this one was written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. So this is the first episode not solely written by John Favreau and his cronies. So Dave got involved. Dave killed it. Dave also mm-hmm. directed this episode. And we got so many stars. We got Timothy Oliphant, Pedro Pascal, Corey Burton, Jennifer Beals, Ming-Na Wen, a cameo by Tamura Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> Rosario Dawson and Mark Hamill, what? And George Hamilton. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) We got to give the actual stand-in actor credit. George Hamilton is the actor who's being CGI'd over for Mark Hamill. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I don't, why didn't they bring back Max Lloyd-Jones for that? Because I know he did it for the last one, but whatever. It's irrelevant. Uh, He was in the previous episode. That's fine. Uh, but So here is a little ep- episode summary just to kind of catch you up to speed. Our story begins with a blown kisses from Dave Filoni in the form of Luke training Grogu with callbacks to Yoda training Luke. As this occurs, Mando is faced with the tough decision of disrupting Gro- Grogu's Jedi training by seeing him and, or leaving him be and potentially never seeing the child he once cared for again. In parallel... Grogu is given an ultimatum by Luke. Accept the Beskar chainmail uh, gift from Mando and end his training, or receive the lightsaber of Yoda and be trained as a Jedi. On the other side of the galaxy, a familiar face, Cobb Vanth, is faced with a tough decision to fight a war, putting the town he's sworn to protect in the line of fire, or stand by and watch his town and planet become desecrated by crime and drugs. A threatening visit may have tipped the scales in favor of battle. So, boom. That's what happened. Initial reaction, Brucker. What do you think? This was such a fun episode. I thought it was really good. Dave Filoni does, does a pretty good job with directing. Um, uh, it's. I mean, I, I thought that it was really good. I still think Bryce Dallas Howard is slightly better of a director. But oh, yeah. um, Actually, no, not slightly. She is. But um, it, this was still <laughs> really good. The Luke stuff was fascinating. Um, I love that we got some more. I, honestly, I'm shocked. I'm really am just more shocked and surprised that we got what we got from this episode. Because mm-hmm. while like the last episode, I did predict that Luke and Grogu would be coming back into this story. I didn't think it would be in this fashion. You know, like I thought that this whole interaction would have taken place off camera. And maybe would have found out about it in the third season of Mandalorian. So I'm honestly surprised at what we got, but pleasantly surprised. Yeah, um, I will say this. I think this is the second live action show Dave Filoni's ever um, ever done, and he he benefits from getting to use his like already established characters from the from his animated series mm-hmm. uh, in these shows. So like. I'm sure, I mean, for the people who are unfamiliar with those shows, they're just like, who are these people that, you know, we got to see? 
But at the same time, like for those longtime watchers, like this was a huge treat. And he really did get the benefit from all like the cameos and the Easter eggs that he was dropping all mm-hmm. throughout this thing. So, man, but oh, they set up so many possibilities. I the whole time I was watching, I was like, what did we do to deserve this? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was like losing my mind throughout the whole thing. And uh, just like you just said, man, like you freaking called it with like the Jedi Temple, Luke, Ahsoka, Grogu, all them seeing the Jedi like in training. Could not believe it lost my mind i was so impressed mm-hmm. and i just was i wasn't expecting it at all like when you said it i i thought i was like man that would be a nice treat you know but if only <laughs> and then when it happened yeah it's it was so good and i really want to give more credits for dave filoni because this is now like the third medium quote medium of like story telling or whatever that he's had to learn to adapt to because he started out doing like 2D animation with the Avatar Airbender show on Nickelodeon, which is where George Lucas found him. And then when George recruited him to do the Clone Wars series, you know, it's like that 3D animation. And Filoni had zero experience with that. And George was kind of like, ah, you'll figure it out. And he did. He did it, you know. And and now, you know, with live action, that's very different too. And it's, it's also very unique for like the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett because of, you know, how they shoot it, you know, with the volume and everything. And it's, so it's, 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 I, I, I want to like give him some more praise of how well I think he's been able to adapt to these different unique challenges to him. And he's, uh, you could tell that he is like a storyteller first and mm-hmm. that I think, and he, you know, he's able to learn and adapt like the new technologies that, are being part of his being added to his tool belt. So I just want to, again, give him some more praise that I think he's doing a phenomenal job with just everything he's been a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. Um, And you can really tell, I mean, the man loves his Westerns and this, (laughs) this was like the perfect episode for him to be doing this. Um, And I could tell he's probably a fan of one of my favorite trilogies. It's called the dollars trilogy. And, there's a character that he brings back who is inspired by um, the villain in uh, the good, the bad and the ugly specifically. His name's angel eyes, but I guess we'll kind of get into that later on. Um, <laughs> once we talk, uh, talk about all these different points, but let's get into like what stuck out in our bold predictions and such. Cause I mean, there's a lot to cover and I feel like this is going to be a pretty theory heavy episode, mm-hmm. um, but we'll give a lot of backstory. I, I don't want to just say names of people without, <laughs> you know, Yes, that giving we, you a little a little history of who they are, because I know I don't want anybody to get lost. Yeah, I think people are starting to realize that you are like the the in-house Star Wars like historian expert, because we did get <laughs> a request in from Jasher of Podzilla asking if you could kind of help explain the the character of Cod Bane a little bit for those that are unfamiliar. But when we get there, mm-hmm. we'll uh, I know you'll be able yeah. to do that. I got you. I got you. So. I kind of want to start off with uh, what we open up with on this sh- on this episode because this is like I-, I mentioned how I was so surprised that we got Luke and Groku already in this, but I was kind of more surprised that we got Cobb Vanth back in this because mm-hmm. I thought that that was because uh, I know we we kind of speculated that or you I think you predicted that he would be able to come back yeah and I was slightly. I was like, oh, yeah, that would make sense. He's on Tatooine. But I was like, but I don't know if they could get Timothy Oliphant to come back for that. But I was surprised 
really to to see him back in this. He is killing it. I loved mm-hmm. his line delivery for everything. Think through and I, like he's <laughs> you seemed just, like he, a smart one. <laughs> he was just cracking me up, like with his line deliveries. It was so funny, like especially when Mando comes back to his town. Mm-hmm. It, he sees the starfighter. He's like, "Is that a Naboo starfighter?" And it's like, <laughs> where's your little guy? Oh, that's too bad. Like I don't know. He was just. He was just cracking me up in like all the best ways. And it was it was pleasant to get that character back in the show. Did he make you feel like you're back home in Tennessee or something? Sounds like that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was honestly making me think of Once Upon a Time at Hollywood. Didn't think uh, I'll mention that show, that that movie twice in this in this season of Book of Boba Fett. Because he he's in that and he plays like a Western. And I know he also is in like an actual Western show, but I don't watch that. But um I don't know. It was, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. I, he was cracking me up in this. Yeah, he's a treat. He's really is a treat. And he looks a lot cooler without the Boba Fett armor, honestly, because I feel like the armor wore him <laughs> rather than mm. he wore the armor. And I don't know. He just, he's got a nice little look to him. He's got like his big scarf, his big red scarf that kind of identifies him in a way. So mm-hmm. um, I hope he's not dead i, I, I don't mean, think he is i don't think he is either he looks like he got shot in the shoulder but again we'll get to that because <laughs> these stripes this means i'm the marshal <laughs> yeah but it, it was cool i thought that was like a, a good scene to kind of set up what happens later on like towards the end <clears throat> like with his standoff because mm. he is like confronted with this the drug and crime you know at his front door for his town which they recently established as as, as free town and they, they had just gotten over the whole like problem with Tuscans and the problem with the, um, wow, I forgot, the crate Dragon. And it seems like they kind of like had found some peace and it looked like their town wasn't as nomadic as it had been before. Like they actually were kind of ready to stay put. And then like this crime syndicate comes in and just kind of messing everything up after they just established a good thing. So um, it was it was good to establish that he really does care about the people and he really didn't want any trouble and mm-hmm. trouble found him. So yeah, it was crazy. It, it was so good. I also want to shout out the, the sound design for the voices of the pikes when, mm-hmm. when they spoke. I was like, Oh, that's like menacing. They sound terrifying to me. That is so yeah. cool. And <laughs> it's good. I like that. Cause I, they look so much better with their masks on. Like when they took it off, I was just like, Oh man, this guy looks like a guppy. Like it, <laughs> he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't look intimidating at all. You know, oh like the fish. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, I want to talk about what everybody wants to talk about, (laughs) (laughs) where it goes to next with the Jedi Temple. The two and a half foot elephant in the room. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. I. So, again, this is not the first time that we've seen this Jedi Temple. We've seen uh, this in the flashback scenes of the sweet sequel trilogy. We've seen glimpses of it, glimpses of it, like in full construction in the current Star Wars comics. But like seeing it from the start and seeing how it was being built, I think was like the most interesting thing. Those little spider droids. Those, I think they're uh, called ant droids. Ant droids. Ah, uh, that that makes a lot more sense. They did look like ants, and uh, it was just fun, man. It was. It was really cool, and I love it when first off, more planets we get to see more cool environments, and mm-hmm. this was a really nice one. And I tried to do as much searching as I can. And apparently there's no confirmation about what planet this is, which bums me out a little bit. But um, I did like when 
Mando shows up and he's kind of just like asking for help or, you know, where's Luke? And the ants are just like initiate protocol waiting and they just make him a bench. <laughs> so, is that a bench? And he just goes to sleep. He's like, him. oh, dang, dang it, Luke. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I just love the ants are like, oh, you don't have a reservation. So just sit right here and we'll let you know when a table gets open. But and R2 just checks out. Just goes yes. to sleep. <laughs> yes. I wanted to talk about R2 because R2. I, I don't know if I'm just being like, you know, uh, recency bias or anything, but he has never looked so good. Like he looks <laughs> so great in this. And there's I don't know what it is, but there's something about seeing that droid on this show that like elevates the show a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, like, I'm not like watching a TV show. I'm watching something big right now because R2 is on screen and he looks fabulous. I don't know. It, <laughs> it just like I seriously like like reposition myself on the spot. I was like, oh, well, I, I, well, R2's in the room. I gotta, like, you know, I can't, I gotta, I don't know. I, gotta I feel stand like up he, straight. he is like some sort of like in universe Star Wars celebrity because if not for him, everybody would be dead. He always is the thing that saves the day, you know? Mm-hmm. So he really is like big kahuna. Yeah. And have you seen that theory that like the whole Star Wars story is being told by R2? No, tell me. No, I is mean that, that's the story. I mean that's, <laughs> that's it. The yeah, the whole thing is that like the whole like saga or whatever is being retold through the eyes of R two because he's literally been through everything, and now he's even been through this part that we see. Dang, that makes sense. He really has seen everything, mm-hmm. and that could and make he, sense why he kind of like shuts down at the end because he's just like, man, I got all these memories. <laughs> well, I was wondering with him shutting down, I was like, oh, like is Luke already missing? Because you know, like in the Force Awakens. Luke goes, oh, I guess actually, never mind. doesn't make any sense because Luke goes in exile because of the Jedi Temple thing. Never mind. But yeah, I don't know. It was cool. I, I loved seeing R2. This was super fantastic. And I loved somebody on Twitter or Instagram, I can't remember, shared a like a side by side picture of Mando and like the ant droids building the temple. And then the little cutscene we get from the last Jedi with Luke kneeling next to r2 and the temple's destroyed and there's bodies everywhere and it was a really cool parallel with seeing like where the ant droids were they're now in the place of like corpses in the future and it was like the beginning or like the construction in the destruction it was very cool like and kind of dark parallel seeing Mm -hmm. those two put together so that was a lot of fun in a dark way (laughs) yeah that, that is interesting that makes me want to go back to like uh, some of the comic panels and see if they have like kind of the same parallels that you're talking about here. Like, like the in-between established of it at its peak with all the Jedi and stuff training in front of it. Mm. That would be be interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to take a look and uh, not really follow up on that. It's really just going to be for me. So (laughs) (laughs) I might say something if it's there, if it's not just assume that it didn't happen. So I just love that we just admitted right there. Like, we can't make content out of everything. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you want to get to the training stuff? Yeah, yeah. You, you start us off. I thought that this was very cool that we got to see so much training in this. And Luke, it was really cool to see how mature Luke has gotten. I still feel like he has several like lessons to learn. Oh, yeah. But I also feel like he has learned lessons. And he's, it was really cool to see him have go make Grogu go through the similar training that he went through. I thought that was 
very cool. Like with the running through the woods, mm-hmm. the, you know, just trying to like concentrate and meditate and like use the force to like uh, levitate things while you are meditating. And which is like a lot of this echoed the stuff that we got on Dagobah with him. Yeah. And it was really cool just to see him and also not just on Dagobah, but on the Falcon with old Ben Kenobi when he uses that remote droid mm-hmm. too. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like it is kind of like a highlight reel of what Luke has been through, but it was still fun to see him go, okay, well, this is the training that people need to go through and have mm-hmm. him have Grogu go through that. I thought that was, it, it, it all made sense. Yeah, he also still did kind of seem like a guy who's kind of making it up as he goes. Like he hasn't really, mm. he never really got his full training right. So he's just trying to like use what he knows and then fill in the gaps in between. Because he did seem still like kind of, um, I don't know, set in his ways, not really open to suggestion. It was more of this is the way and you kind of got to follow it, right? Mm. And uh, I don't know, you could see it. Because I thought it was weird that he didn't let Grogu kind of walk on his own. Because I was like, is is he impatient at this point? That's how I kind of viewed it. And I know it was him just kind of like helping them walk along as he like force lifted Grogu. You know, Mm. that was so cute, though. It was adorable. (laughs) When he's telling him the story of Yoda and he's just like, you know, pushing him along with this. Mm -hmm. This was fun. It's also kind of funny because he's just like, listen, I'm not going to go to your speed. You're just going to come up with me. (laughs) Mm hmm. I like that we did it. I felt like this was kind of one of those video game quests where you just kind of unlocked jumping, right? For Grogu. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, that's, that's a good that, point. Right? Because it was just like before he was being carried around in this that little cradle, the hovering cradle, uh, that got destroyed. And then Mando's pretty much carrying him in a bag. He's just like a chihuahua <laughs> at that point. And then now he can jump. So I'm like, okay, in Mando, whenever we get Grogu back, I assume... He's going to be hip hopping around and doing his thing, looking like a frog. But that's that's kind of where I was thinking, like, it's, I guess the purpose of this scene was was establishing Grogu is now mobile. He can now do things for himself and he's can use the force without passing out. So. Progress. See, I, I didn't I kind of took all this is that Luke kind of has an idea of what Grogu needs in terms of training. Mm-hmm. because i mean he tells i think ahsoka I mean, or i'm sorry he also he tells grogu that like the galaxy is a dangerous place and that you need to learn how to protect yourself and so he's really training him on how to because it's interesting that we don't have too many conversations that mirrored like what he had with yoda yoda is like trying to tell him to be mindful and mm-hmm. just be present but like he's not really doing that he's like he's it seems like he's trying to cater to what he thinks Grogu's needs are. Mm-hmm. And we kind of see that he's kind of getting an idea of that when he's talking to Ahsoka, because he's because Ahsoka's like kind of impressed with you know how far along Grogu has come. And Luke is like, well, he's not really learning new things from me. It's more of he's remembering his training. So I, f- I feel like he's kind of like, okay, I don't need to go over these lessons that he already knows. I just need to help him get there. And when he has like when he has that memory unlock thing with him where Groku, we get this very cool, very dark flashback to Order 66. Luke, I mean, Luke doesn't really externally express that he saw the same thing that Grogu did because he kind of seemed a little too mellow 
after mm-hmm. <laughs> after that but i definitely think that he got those got that got that impression of what he went through and that's why he's trying to protect him because he realizes how vulnerable he is Ooh, and, that's nice so i think that's i think that's what like what luke is doing he's more catering to to specific things that grogu needs not so much of trying to make him this wise yoda like figure and he's trying to be like hey you need to learn how to protect yourself um and and we'll, we'll get to it when we get there but uh so that's kind of like where i was at with this whole training thing and it felt like luke was again catering to what he felt like grogu needed see that's that's where i'm glad you kind of came in here because i i didn't really take that i didn't have that take on that it was more of just face value for me um but i mean that makes complete sense like when you kind of think about it because I don't. I I wasn't sure if Luke could see what Grogu had seen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, there was. I mean, there was no indication for me uh, that, that that had taken place. So, I like your theory. I think all that makes sense. Um, he was very casual about it because I don't know. I was just more thinking of this is them also establishing more more storyline type of things. It was like okay, so we're at Mando three is going to be flashbacks again but instead of flashbacks about mando's past as a child we're gonna get grogu's past as a child and i guess kind of probably how he changed hands throughout the galaxy and stuff so that that's good i like that thank you brooker yeah (laughs) i mean always making those connections yeah i mean uh, face value that's what i got too. what you said at first it wasn't until like the second time i saw it with like a new lens Mm -hmm. and what i felt like luke was trying to do here and i think that's Again, because I think like Luke has internalized a lot of lessons that he went through with his training and everything, what he wished he got out of it. And I think he's done a lot of meditating and studying on the failures of the of the Jedi, because we, we, we definitely get that in The Last Jedi of how he talks about how the, the hubris of the Jedi is what made them fall. And he knows that because he's been doing his homework. And I... I could kind of already see where he's starting to implement some of those lessons here. Um, I don't know if we want to get to this conversation now or later about yeah, the let's whole. Let's get into it. Okay, yeah, so so like the choice that he's presenting Grogu: mm-hmm. take the armor or take the lightsaber. You can't have both. And I saw so many people online were furious by this. And I'll admit, the first time I watched this, me and Kat, my fiance, when we we're watching this, she was pissed at Luke. She goes, "I can't believe Luke is making him choose," mm-hmm. and I saw so many people say, well, Luke, you had attachments. I mean, when you're on Dagobah, you Literally. left your training to go save your friends. Yep. Um, you, your attachment to your father, Vader, is what brought him back to the light side. It's kind of, you're being a hypocrite here, Luke. And so here's my read on it after watching it twice now, is that Luke has seen the failure of the Jedi. And the history of the Jedi, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, is that you know, they have taken, I don't want to say taken as in kidnapping, but they have recruited babies, like a very young age that are force sensitive, told mm-hmm. their parents like, hey, your child has a very special gift, but they need training. If you allow it, we can take them and train them and there'll be something special, but you won't ever see them again, really. Yeah. Um, and because like even, because babies don't have attachments yet and that's why they want them so young. And this is the first time I've really realized that. And like even in the Phantom Menace, Anakin is 10 years old and they say he's too old because he's already formed attachments like with his mm-hmm. mother. And 
So here, I think Luke has seen, has internalized these lessons. And I think that Luke knows that like some attachments are okay, some aren't. And I feel like he's still struggling with that, to be honest. But anyways, he has seen that the choice was made for the majority of the Jedi that failed, you know, in that hubris Republic age. And so he doesn't want Grogu to be stolen of that. So he's letting Grogu decide his life. And he's giving him the same choice that Luke had because Luke chose to be a Jedi because if he wanted to, he could have stayed with the rebellion and just stayed in the war. And he didn't have to literally leave the war to go to Dagobah, but he chose Mm -hmm. to. And I think because he made that choice, it solidified his lifestyle and he wants to give Grogu the same option that he had. And as opposed to Anakin, yes, Anakin going to the Jedi freed him, but that's kind of been his theme. He's always been a slave. He was a slave on Tatooine. He was a slave to the Jedi uh, Academy or Jedi Order, and he ended up being a slave to Palpatine and his passion. So he wanted to not make the same mistake with his first student and say, these are your two options and I can't make it for you. And so that's where I'm coming from, that he's letting Grogu make his life decisions here and not forcing him into something. Yeah. Wow. What are your thoughts on that? I, that was, it just got me thinking. I'm just thinking about it the whole time. That <clears throat> was really well put. I still think that I, 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 I agree that that is like a huge improvement on like the Jedi philosophy of like allowing the student to have his choice of like how he wants his life to play out. But I still feel like Luke kind of needs a lesson taught to him also mm. in, I guess like the different types of culture. Cause I think that culture is like a big thing that they were talking a lot about in the Mandalorian. And we got a little bit of it <clears throat> here in the book of Boba Fett as well in that. Um, I mean, Grogu is technically a Mandalorian at this point, right? Because mm-hmm. he's, He's a foundling for Mando and his creed. And regardless of, you know, how they are, you know, cult-like or wherever, they still have like some sort of mantra and some some sort of cultural beliefs that I think ring true in, uh, between Mando and Grogu's relationship. And I'll, I'll just say it. Because um, like his whole thing is that it's loyalty to your family, right? Um, sticking together, greater numbers think things of that nature and the whole jedi way is like individuality like separating yourself from your family separating yourself from your attachments and i feel like there is an opportunity there for them to kind of like mold the two ideals together because it's like you're you're telling him just to choose one culture or the other when really it's like why can't he be both like he is both and we see that like that is represented through like the use of the dark saber and that it doesn't mm. the dark saber doesn't look like any other lightsaber right it's and it's made from beskar which <clears throat> no other lightsabers made from that that metal you know what i'm saying and it, it was like Vizla, uh the original one the original creator of that of that lightsaber that was like his whole thing was like molding the two cultures together because he was a jedi right and they still had the mm-hmm. beliefs way back then of like of of peace and and you know serenity peace, and peace serenity etc cetera, etc cetera. but at the same time he took 
his beliefs to Mandalore and ruled this world. But I mean, he didn't rule them with. Hmm. He didn't rule them in the same way, but at the same time, they were um, like a, a very well functioning society, at least for some for some period of time. Uh, and obviously, like the warrior aspect kind of got out of hand. But I think I think now we've reached a point where Mando is kind of getting a lot of different ideas from Boba Fett from that he got from Django, who was a Mandalorian and Bo-Katan, who's got her ideas of like a more peaceful type of Mandalorian. And then he's got his own clan, the children of the watch who kind of have their own ideas and he's kind of putting all those together. And then the Jedi is just one more thing that he's kind of putting together. So I feel like we're going to get something completely new out of this. And I I feel like, I I think Grogu is going to make the decision to go with Mando. Right. And I think that's going to be a big part of like the Mandalorian season three storyline. But at the same time, I think he's going to go back and be trained and probably be trained with the dark saber. Um, just because that's it's just like the perfect culmination of of who he is at this point in his life mm-hmm. that was all disjointed but I no, think no 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 i was following <laughs> and no i because I, I see what because it seems like you know what you think like they're setting up for grogu's character that he is going mm-hmm. to be this um like fulcrum in between these two cultures and like where they could like blend again mm-hmm. um and I, th- I think that that's a sound theory and I, I buy into it, honestly. I think that is something that they are going towards. And I guess like towards like the attachment thing for Luke, because I think that this is more of a, yes, he's wanting Groku to make his own decisions, but I also think it's more of a test because I think, as I said during my spiel, I think that Luke is still like buying, like it's okay to have like familial attachments because I mean, he takes in, Ben Solo as a student who is his nephew. So like, how can you, that's impossible for like the, that teacher Padawan relationship to not have any sort of attachment at all. Yeah. So, but maybe that this is, maybe Luke isn't there yet. Maybe that this is, like you said, a lesson that he's going to learn through this show or, you know, in the future or something like that. So I don't know. That's kind of like where I kind of reconcile things with Luke and this whole thing. Cause I didn't, I kind of watch it more of like, oh, he's he's not like trying to be a dick about it. He's just more mm-hmm. of, hey, this is a serious decision, and I I can't make it for you. Yeah. So your heart needs to be in it, like what he tells Ahsoka. Yeah, and he's definitely still learning. Uh, let me just can I establish real quick from Please. the comics, I guess where where Luke's at in his journey. So uh, a little going back a little bit. So between episode five and episode six of the original trilogy um, of Star Wars, not of Book of Boba Fett, Luke sets off on a journey to learn more about himself and Anakin Skywalker. So this is where, when we go into episode six, this is where he's telling Darth Vader, like, I know there's good in you. It's not because he just assumes there's good in him because he was a Jedi at some point. It's because between episodes five and six, he met, Jedi for like that survived order 66 who have been in hiding and he's like learning things about them and like how they feel about the Jedi order. And they're also like, Oh yeah, I recognize your name. I knew a guy with that name once. Um, he was a great warrior and then he just died or something. And like, they don't really know what happened to him after that. And so like Luke's getting kind of like bits and pieces of that. And he's like, Oh wow. Like Darth Vader, there is a lot of like Anakin Skywalker still on him and he's really not a bad person. So he got that. That's where that's coming from. And then 
later on, even after like the Jedi temple is established and he's got all his students and stuff, he and um, ooh, Lore Santeca. So you remember the old guy that was killed oh. at the beginning of Force Awakens episode seven? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that guy actually does have relevance in in everything, and he's more relevant in the comics. Is because Luke and that guy traveled the galaxy looking for like Jedi holocrons. So the like the little, they're basically just, and I'm and I'm not explaining to you. I know you know what a holocron is, but it's basically just like, uh, computer chips of, <laughs> I don't even know of training of Jedi training in them. It's just like a USB. Is like, it whatever? Like, is there like any sort of like force? Because I I think from my understanding, like you have to be force sensitive to open <clears throat> to open them. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So yeah, is there is it like force memories that are like holding imprinted like, imprinted oh. on these objects? Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, so he's looking for those. He's looking for those trainings, and he's trying to get all these things together. And Lor Santec is like a collector of these things. That's where his relevance kind of comes in. And his family is known for like establishing. Okay, that's that's never mind. I'm not that's a whole other history. <laughs> but anyways, they're looking for this information. He's still learning, right? Even years bef- prior to um episodes 7 through 9, right? So it's like the loop that we have now is only 5 years after, 5 to 6 years after episode 6. So he hasn't even learned all the things that he's learned to get him to the point of the last Jedi. So mm-hmm. we have an incomplete loop and I think that's where I was thinking he's still got like some ideals to kind of like establish for himself and, and um, some acceptance that he needs to have for like his different students. Cause everyone's coming from different places and the galaxy is an entirely different place from when the Jedi order was originally established. Right. So they're just in, they're in a state of recovery. So they need a little bit of like uh, they need some transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some open-mindedness, I think, but yeah, I think I made my point. <laughs> I think I kind of rambled. We got it all um, over this. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I really, I really liked all this. And again, I think that the for first off, the CGI looks amazing on mm-hmm. the face. Like, did you? I think I saw that the Lucasfilm hired a YouTuber that like did the deep fake better than mando season two and that's why it looks so much better it looked a lot better. <laughs> did you see that <laughs> no i didn't see that that's really cool yeah uh, someone on youtube did like a better deep fake of luke from the end of season two and lucasfilm hired him to do this man that's nuts see that's crazy that's why you get do your hobbies man like cause yeah good things will happen from it golly um i thought he looked good i saw a lot of complaints that he that people wanted to just have somebody be cast, which I would I be okay with. I would I w- be okay with that. I would be okay with that too. Um, but at the same time, like we just got this, like just accept it. It's fun. <laughs> have fun. The, the thing that made me feel more immersed was the voice. To be honest, the 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 voice acting was phenomenal, and it's Mark Hamill with some that you know computer generated mumbo jumbo that makes it sound younger. Sound younger. Yeah. Yeah, but it. Honestly, it was the voice that kind of did it for me because it was I was like, oh, like, yes, Luke would have this cadence. He does sound like that. He would say these things and the dialogues like, ah, yes, this is this is like the smart, mature 
master skywalker that i want <laughs> like, this was so cool and i love the the black robes that he's in and everything mm-hmm. he looked like a sensei it was awesome <laughs> he looked awesome dude i don't even know if they had to do his voice because mark hamill is like a huge voice actor so i feel like he probably could just do it himself you know yeah but i have a feeling like it, it would sound too too gruff now mm. It kind of sounds like how how I sound right now when I first roll out, <laughs> out of bed and, and I sound like a hungover, but just I'm not. A little groggy. <laughs> You're just old. Shut up. You're younger than me, and I'm young. <laughs> At least I'd like to think that. Um, I thought it was the coolest thing that we got to see Luke and Ahsoka meeting each other. I, that was like the most satisfying thing to me because <clears throat> I would always wonder, you know, did he ever meet her? Did he ever meet his father's old? padawan that he used to train and now she's giving him tips and it was just cool and then seeing her kind of admiring him like while he's doing his thing i was like dang man like, this is crazy like it's all in the family you know Hmm. <laughs> sorry i'm laughing at sita <laughs> sorry. oh my dog <laughs> yes sorry yeah. i'm laughing at your dog but um uh, no, that was really cool. And this, again, felt like the Dave Filoni, like playing with his toys. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. oh, what? I'm going to take Luke. He got my Luke. Oh, but I'm going to make this character. Ooh, let's make her a Sokotano. And that's a really cool name. And let's see what they would like, you know, how they would play with each other and everything. And, like, that was <laughs> yeah. fun. That was cool. And um, I really liked that line she had. You remind me so much of your father, which it's like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? But- yeah. <laughs> no she loved him she loved him Mm -hmm. like a daughter to her so that was great speaking of dave filoni playing with his toys he really just used everything at his disposal did you hear yoda's theme uh whenever luke pulls out yoda's lightsaber to present to grogu i thought that was the most fun thing because that's like one of my favorite songs and it's so like innocent and Mm -hmm. uh, it just makes you feel good like it there's a lot of hope in the sound of it and just by him pulling out the lightsaber, I was just like, wow, what a what a little callback and <laughs> just really, really going all in because I don't know. It's just fantastic. I will say I have like one little um, nitpick okay, about that. And I know we already talked about it, but it's basically just the fact that it has been established in canon that Yoda's lightsaber was destroyed. I was about fully. to ask you that. Yeah. I distinctly yeah. remember reading. Wasn't it like the Darth Vader comic that they did? Yeah, that? that's okay. exactly what it was. Because it, it was like a, a show of power against the Jedi on behalf of the Republic to like the people of Coruscant. And I'm not explaining it to you. I know you I know you know it. I was just speaking as a whole of what how it went down. And they were just burning Jedi lightsabers in this giant inferno um, as like a show of power against the Jedi and just kind of establishing that they are now terrorists because they've created mm-hmm. like this whole storyline against them. But I... I accepted that Yoda very well could have just built one during all his time on Dagobah, but that was one thing. I that was it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or wonder if like this is just a ruse and Luke just made it. He goes, I'll just tell us from Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I really need him to to make a decision. I love the little box he has it into and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, no, like this whole Luke stuff was so good, and it really made me go with i could i just want a whole i know we spent like 40 minutes talking about luke but <laughs> i want i just the last thing i want to say about it is that it just really made me want to go i want a luke show of just him exploring the galaxy finding these jedi artifacts and just getting the shenanigans i just want mm-hmm. that so badly now 
It could even be like an adventure of the day type of thing. Like I really much. Just would love something. that so much. Yeah. One day. One, One day. day. They'll give us. They'll give us that in like twenty years. <laughs> but I feel like that unless you had anything else about the Luke and Grogu stuff, I feel like we got to move on to the bigger to some of the other big stuff that we got from this yes. episode. Yeah. Can we talk about Cad Bane real quick before yes. we talk about anything else? Okay. Please, please, please. <clears throat> okay. Should I hit history lesson first, or do you want to talk about it first? Let's let's talk about what happened here first, and then you could give us okay. a history lesson per okay. Jay request. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, so we get there is a blue man walking in from the desert. From the desert comes a stranger. It is Cad Bane. We did not get a name. He didn't want to give it to us, but we already know because this man is the number one bounty hunter in the galaxy. He is the deadliest man with two guns. It's Cad Bane. He is, this was he, so is cool. Dave, he is Dave Filoni's creation and he looked incredible. He looked so good. Thank you. Thank you. God. I thought he looked so good. I was so mad that people were saying that he looked like crap. I thought people he looked am- mad? Yes. I, what? I, oh, he looked no. amazing, I thought. The teeth and the eyes, it was so good. He w- was very disturbing to look at. He mm-hmm. was very disturbing to look at. I And again, I the voice away. was menacing. I love it. Yes. Yeah. And they used the same voice actor from uh <gasps> from the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch that he was in. So cool. Man. He oh my god. So this character himself, he is modeled after Angel Eyes. He is the villain in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I just I already said that. But they had this shot of him, this close-up shot of Cad Bane where you just see like the, the brim of his hat. It's really close in his eyes and he's got like this snarl on his mouth. And that was the same exact shot that they did for Angel Eyes in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly when his character is first established. So their entry was the exact same, like the desert guys walking in and it's just like, there's something about that guy that I don't trust. And it, everything was mirrored. And me, dude, I love I love Westerns. And when I saw that, I was like, get out of here. Because the good, the bad, the bad, the ugly is my number one. And I mm. recognized it immediately. And I was just like, get out of here. And then they did that close-up shot. And I was like, oh, my God. Dave Filoni, you killed it, man. You got me. <laughs> this, <laughs> this episode's a yes. <laughs> this episode's a yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I just I had to say that. I had to because it, it just oh. mm-hmm. made, made me feel good. Warm and fuzzy. Yes, and I, I like you said, I love his entry with the, the heat waves coming up from the ground. And mm-hmm. it's also so scary because it's mysterious because it's like, how did he get here? Did he just walk all the way here? Wait, where's he going? You know, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> I love it. God, man. Let's, uh, God, what a crazy, and he kills those guys. He killed that dude. He was mm-hmm. so quick, man. Anyways, and hold on. Before I go into the history of it, can we just talk about our intro music? Because when I made that, I made it with the thought that surely, surely we'd get some sort of gun standoff. And we freaking got it, man. Oh, my goodness. Let's go. Yes. In case people don't know, Nate made the intro and outro music, which is fantastic. Yeah. So, oh, God, that felt good. That was Killed it, dude. It was a little prediction for myself and a little humble brag in the making. A little humble brag. Not so humble brag for this one, but (laughs) (laughs) 
we'll see. I'm looking forward to making more intro music in the future. Anyways, Cad Bane history lesson. So Cad has been a bounty hunter for a very long time. He is like 70 years old at this point. <clears throat> he worked for the Separatists, aka the bad guys from the prequel trilogy. And he worked directly for the Sith, uh, specifically Darth Sidious. And he also worked alongside Darth Maul at one point. So they they got some, he's got some history. Um, he was trained by Jango Fett. So this is crazy. Uh, which is Boba Fett's dad, for anybody who didn't recognize the name. Uh, <laughs> so at the beginning of his bounty hunter career, um, that's when he was trained. So when Jango Fett died, Cad Bane is now the de facto number one bounty hunter in the galaxy. And it was it was super close before, and the second Django was gone, he is number one. So that is who he is. He is the contract killer. He is your guy. You want somebody dead? He's gonna do it. His specialty, Jedi. Like that is his bread and butter, and that was like super messed up. So you're probably wondering about those little like pumps coming out of his face. These are breathing tubes. He can remove them. He's not reliant on them, but he has them. Uh, to protect himself against force chokes. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's bad. Whoa. Yeah. So his whole his whole getup, all his weapons, everything is made to counter that of fighting Jedi, which can be the same can be said the same for like the Mandalorians, but his is more like I he just looks way cooler doing it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have any armor or anything, you know? He just mm-hmm. he trusts his guns. Uh, so just a little bit of history between Cad Bane and, and Boba Fett. They have bad blood. They do not like each other. Uh, because one, Boba is upset that his dad's dead, right? Mm-hmm. And that Cad Bane is now the number one. And Boba's like, I'm the clone of my dad. Like, I should be number one. So in their youth, they used to do jobs together. And... Uh, and this was a deleted scene now, but in a deleted scene after one of the jobs, some, some things went sour and Boba Fett and Cad Bane had a standoff where they both shoot each other in the head. And that scene was meant to establish that the dent in Boba Fett's helmet came from Cad Bane. Uh, his Get gun was out. able to. Yeah. So that that's where the history of that was from. And so we assume Cad Bane dies. But again, this is a deleted scene like they never actually like made this canon. But later on, we see Cad Bane in the Bad Batch animated series and his hat flies off and he's now got a metal plate on his forehead in the same spot that Boba Fett shot him in the head. So it is implied that that standoff did happen and that he did recover from it because he's got that metal plate. So now, like years in the future, the fact that they hired Cad Bane to go up against Boba Fett, we're going to get some crazy interactions between the two of them because they hate each other with a passion ooh, and it's going to be perfect um oh man this is wow 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 wow. speaking again to how deadly uh cad bane was here is an example of the jedi he has fought he has fought ahsoka and won he fought anakin and won he fought obi-wan kenobi and another jedi and got away and he did some damage uh, on the way out so like he this man knows what he's doing. And I wanted to establish this this little tidbit real quick just for because it, it supports a theory I have later on. But on multiple occasions, he was hired by Darth Sidious to either kidnap uh, Jedi children 
or steal information from the Jedi Temple uh, that contained information to where the uh, known Force-sensitive children in the galaxy can be found. Mm. Um, so that is his thing. He also kidnaps children. It's crazy, dude. But inclusion he's a of bad, him, the fact bad that he's, man. Yeah. He's a bad man. <laughs> That's who he is. Dang. So this is... I now just have like so many theories about him in the show now. Mm-hmm. With because you know how we talked about you know who hired Fennec, you know like yes. what was like Fennec doing. I wonder if they have any sort of connections now. Fennec and Cad Bane. Yeah, they they have fought each other. Um, oh really? They have. Yeah, in the Bad Batch animated series. So they both were set off to get Omega. So Omega is the female clone equivalent of Boba Fett, and. Um, Fennec was hired by who we assume to be like the the Kaminoan cloners who got away and mm-hmm. did not work for the Empire. Fennec was hired by them to get Omega to bring her back to the cloners. Uh, Cad Bane was hired by like the cloners who went with the Empire to get her. So, and they've they have tussled in the past. So they also have a history. So this is there's a lot. A lot of dynamics going on. Wow, dude! Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, this is this is crazy. That that was. I mean, I've seen. I've said before. I've seen like a peppering of the Clone Wars. I haven't seen every single episode, but I have seen uh, episodes with Cad Bane, and I knew how much of a badass he was. But I didn't know all of that history that you just mentioned. That is insane. Yeah, he's a uh, he's nuts. So him being here, we're gonna get. Some crazy stuff. So this is probably what Robert Rodriguez was referring to when he was saying, like, this series is going to go nuts because mm-hmm. the final episode is just going to be one big showdown. But, oof. Oof. It bugs me so much, though, that him and Mando just missed crossing paths by moments. Ugh, yeah. It makes me so angry. <laughs> not, 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 not like I'm, like, legitimately mad at the writing. I'm not. But just because, like, oh, he could have helped uh, Cobb Vanth with, with this and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, it just, you know, it's, it's just, uh, what if he, he should have been there to help them? Yeah. But his stupid little deputy screwed it all up. Cobb Vanth's stupid little deputy. That guy was annoying. Just go away. He man. was. But didn't he look super familiar? I couldn't really place it, but I, was, I feel like I've seen that actor in something. He did. He looked like, um, I don't know, I, I, I can't put a name, mm-hmm. a name to the face, but I, it, he looked like a guy who I've seen in a lot of like comedies, mm-hmm. uh, like American Pie or something. I don't even know. Who knows? <laughs> Stifler. <laughs> no, he does not look like Stifler. No, I know uh, he doesn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so anyways, yes, this was all super cool. And thank you for giving that little history lesson. Yes. And I'm glad, glad to I could provide my, my knowledge <laughs> in some way. <laughs> You know, that's what my teacher says after every lesson. I'm glad I could provide my knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a temple in which you learn. Um, Oh, my goodness. Um, So, uh, was there anything else here you want to talk about? Because I was kind of thinking about getting to the um, the sanctuary. Um, I did. I had a theory. Please share. Let me me go off real quick. So... This is going back to whenever you talked about Luke unlocking Grogu's Order 66 flashback. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is... Um, there were two theories that kind of stemmed off from this. And one of them is the 
Bail Organa theory. So this is, do you remember in episode three, we got that random scene where Bail Organa is running from the Jedi temple and he jumps in his speeder. He's being chased by clone troopers. And that little kid Jedi is like doing flips and killing a bunch of, 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 of the clone troopers. And then he gets killed and Bail mm-hmm. gets away. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. So that was random. I thought even when I was watching episode three, I was like, oh, that that came out of nowhere. But now I'm thinking that maybe Bail Organa has Grogu in his possession. And that's what? why he was being chased because it didn't make any sense that he would be chased because they were after the Jedi. But if he had a Jedi in his possession, it would make sense that they would want to track this guy down and and get a hold of him. So that that's theory number one. There's not a whole bunch of weight to support mm. that. But theory number two, this one's got some weight and a lot of supporting evidence. So <clears throat> let me just establish something. So in the hallway, in the flashback scene, we see like the different Jedi defending through Grogu's eyes against the clone troopers, right? Trying to kill the Jedi in Order 66. There is a crest on the wall. And I want to point out that I did not see this crest on any of my viewings. I only saw it because I was just scrolling through Twitter, just going crazy, seeing what everybody else had to say, because mm-hmm. my mind was blown and Brooker hadn't seen it yet. And I was just like, I need somebody to bounce, <laughs> bounce off of. Yeah, Nate gets up like at the crack of dawn to watch it. And I watch it <laughs> at like at like 8 or 9 p.m. that night. <laughs> it is, I don't know how you do it. It's It's just insane. I literally cannot focus on work. If I have not seen it yet, if I watch it, I won't be able to focus on work because because <laughs> I'll be scrolling Twitter all day, seeing what the theories are. <laughs> oh no, that also does happen. So I'm not you know, <laughs> I'm not a good worker on Wednesdays. But anyways, there is a crest on the wall, and it is the crest of a Jedi named Barris Ophi. And that's that's a common thing to have like that crest in your quarters of the Jedi Temple, like your bedroom area. So there, that's where they're at. And uh, the last we know of Barris Ophi is that uh, less than a year before Order 66 was executed, she bombed the Jedi Temple uh, and was put in jail. So she bombed it because she thought the Jedi lost their ways, uh, that they were no longer uh, people of peace, but warriors uh, being guided by the dark side, which was like very hypocritical of her to literally kill people and bomb a part of. But anyways, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and she actually frames Ahsoka for this. And Ahsoka was uh, excommunicated from the Jedi Order. This is why she's not like super involved, I think, during like uh, the original trilogy and such, because she just doesn't she doesn't mess with everybody in that way mm. or the Jedi. Anyways, and that's why she lives. But anyways, Barris uh, of confesses Ahsoka's innocent, blah, 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 blah. My thought with them being in that hallway is that I think that Order 66 gave Barris an opportunity to escape from jail and maybe try to get some of the Jedi younglings, some of the like the children of the Jedi, since that's what Darth Sidious wants, because I suspect that she is one of his first Inquisitors. So the Inquisitors are dark Jedi that Darth Sidious had go off in the galaxy to hunt down other Jedi. Like that was their job. And then she, he had Darth Vader as his main guy. So I'm thinking that Barry Sophie was one of the first and it kind of supports why she would bomb the Jedi temple in the first place. She's got some dark side stuff going on in her head. Um, and I wanted to go into like some facts that kind of support this argument. Um, so one was the 
inquisitor theory. Uh, excuse me. Sidious has a history of trying to kidnap children. Uh, there's no reason why Grogu wouldn't be one of those children, especially if he's already gotten that information that Cad Bane had gotten before of the mm-hmm. information of the Jedi's and and all of the younglings and such. Um, and then going into like Mando's season one and two, we see Grogu tapping into the dark side. So I'm wondering if he did and he did get kidnapped by the emperor was trained in the dark at some point. And that's, this is sweet. This is where we see him like using the things that he learned. And um, yeah. And maybe it was like suppressed at some point to make him forget that he was ever part of the dark side, but Luke just unlocked something. And I think we're going to get a little bit of like tidbits about that, which is why they brought back Luke uh, in the first place. Ooh, that'll be, um, that'll be super interesting. Right. Um, and then whenever the whole reason we have Groku is because the empire wanted bounty hunters to like up, reobtain them for him or obtain him for him. So like they clearly have an idea of who Grogu is. So clearly they have some information on him um, and he's easily tracked by those like tracking fobs. So I assume those work through like DNA. So they probably have had his information in like some sort of database and they're just reclaiming all the things that they lost at some point. That is the best theory I've heard, by the way, for how the tracking fobs work. <laughs> right? It, it makes sense. It tracks. <laughs> and uh, so Barry Sophie's crest apparently had its own Wikipedia page. So the Wikipedia for Star Wars, but it has reportedly been deleted after all of this went down. Ooh. So, and just like another like random, not even a fact, but just like a proposition is that Barris Ophie, because of how she tr- tried to frame Ahsoka for her crimes in the past, she would be the perfect direct antagonist and equal in terms of like combat for Ahsoka in her own show later on. So that is this is where I'm just like, whoa, oh this all goodness. makes sense. It all makes sense. You know, <laughs> the signs are there. The clues, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> tinfoil hat off okay now we can talk about other things but i just had to get that out there because it was thank just, you for that oh my yeah. goodness it's been weighing heavy dude this is this is a big episode wow it's, um, it's, this is there's so i much. think we just broke an hour we just broke an hour at this point so yeah th- there's so much to unpack here um wow 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 um i hope that we get more order 66 flashbacks by the way just saying mm-hmm. that was cool i hope we get more of it yeah um i did want to get to the sanctuary part of this and where the pikes bomb it. Um, Interesting. It sucks that I think now that uh, Jessica Buell's character is now gone because I felt like she was super, super underutilized. But I did see that people were talking about how Max Rebo was not spotted in there. So Max Rebo should still be alive. Thank goodness. (laughs) Um, But I don't really get what the pikes are doing by that because i don't know what how like she opposes like like, i don't don't understand what sort of barrier the sanctuary like has for them just running drugs through it like i would have expected more of like a direct attack on boba fett so i didn't really get that did this did this make sense to you no, I, I don't actually know that I even thought about it, if I'm being honest. I was, just, <laughs> I was thinking about it, literally everything else, and that just that scene just kind of happened for me. No. Wow, okay. Now that you're bringing it up, I'm like, yeah, that actually doesn't make any sense at all. And what it do doesn't... 
What do you expect? Like, nothing. I, I I think that it just <laughs> it just doesn't track with because it feels like they're they want to be under the radar, mm-hmm. and they just want hey just let us run our drugs just just don't worry about it. So I don't I I, I don't know like why I I just, I just don't know. If somebody has an idea to this, please like message us on Instagram. Okay, this is a this is a uh, off the top of my head kind of BS theory that doesn't really support anything. Maybe this is them kind of stirring the pot with the existing crime families in Mos Espa to kind of get them involved in everything. And obviously, they're going to try to get involved with the most powerful people. And despite their folks getting bombed, they're probably going to side with whoever's going to benefit them the most, which could be the pikes mm. at some point maybe or i don't know because it uh, now that i'm thinking about it, it just seems kind of dumb because when cad bane just shot up freetown and now surely those people are going to get involved surely boba fett's going to recruit the tuscans to fight on his side by bombing the sanctuary and killing a lot of like the crime family people that are there it would make sense for them to like want to fight with boba fett against the pikes so it just seemed like a stupid way to stir the pot, but I yeah. don't know. I really, I really can't put put my finger on it. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to cause like just literally just be terrorists and literally just bring forth fear and disruption mm-hmm. in uh, uh, Tatooine. But I, I don't know. I, I found it kind of out of left field. Yeah, I don't know because we'll see how that evolves. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with all of the. I, I can't believe there's only one more episode. Seriously, I know. there's, there's I know a lot. There's a lot to do. There is a lot to do, and I know how you and I were talking, like especially after chapter three, we're texting like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to the show's over and we can like move on to special topics, discussions, and everything." But the you. show has improved. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the show has improved so much since then, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, we're already seven or almost seven weeks into this and it feels like it's gone in a flash mm-hmm. i do wish we'd got it kind of picked up like this earlier on but hey you know mm-hmm. yeah you don't have rise rising action for nothing okay yeah i don't i'm sorry i don't i just didn't really even consider it i was just so distracted by everything else because there was we this is like the most we've ever jumped around in episode two mm-hmm. so yeah sorry folks yeah there's just follow yeah, a oh, lot no, to not, do. Not us, not our recording. Our recording. I'm talking about the actual episode, but <laughs> but man, okay. Well, do we want to try to predict the finale? I I'm still going to go with my prediction that Luke and Grogu are going to come in to save the day, and I I think that's going to happen. Ugh. I don't want Luke to save the day every single time, though. I think that's like that's why I'm I'm like a little bit resistant to that. Just because he already saved Mando and everything, and it's just like, dang man, they. I thought we were trying to establish that like the Jedi aren't the only like heroes in the galaxy. You know, they're not the the overall thing. But that's a really good point. Yeah, but I do, however, think that this could be that opportunity for if Luke is struggling with the whole attachment thing, mm-hmm. that this is the last attachment that, or not not the last, but like this is like and attachment he could have his home planet to want to defend it and maybe maybe he's going to have this dilemma like do i present a good example for my student and not intervene in this because that because that would be me playing on my emotions or 
do I say, screw it, let's go, let's go help them? <laughs> I don't know. Ugh, man. So you just brought up, a, you just made me think of, of, of a theory. This is freestyle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Luke defending his home planet, as Brooker just said. We've already established that the rebels, the new Republic at this point, is kind of like patrolling the area. I'm thinking full-blown team up against the Pikes right right now. So we've got the Pikes, and they're probably going to hire Bosk and some other bounty hunters that are just going to like antagonize, and we're going to get our own people. So we got numbers though. So we got we're going to have Boba Fett, Mando, Freetown people. We got the Tuscans. We got the the crime families of Mos Espa on our side. We got Luke Skywalker and Grogu. And Luke's going to bring in the New Republic as like the big guns, the backup, because oh, whoa, surely, whoa. surely the Pikes got their own big guns in the back, too, because I, I guarantee it's not just them. I still think Crimson Dawn's involved. I know I'm really fighting this one and I really want it to happen, but I really do truly believe that they're going to get involved and it's just going to be an all out like just battle. Whoa, I didn't even think about the like the New Republic getting in this and Luke maybe even going to Leia, to General yeah. Organa, be like, hey, my home planet is about to go to war. I really need y'all to go there and de-escalate this or just obliterate the bikes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for like, what other reason would they give Mando a starfighter? You know what I mean? Unless he's going to use it in like dogfights. I, so- want, I want a dogfight so bad in this. <laughs> That's oh, my thought. my goodness. And it seems like the perfect way, because, I mean, you've been saying it all season, like Robert Rodriguez is just teeing up everything for some sort of spinoff. Like he wants his Vader spinoff. I feel like this is them teeing up um, like the Rogue Squadron thing that they wanted to get going, Mm -hmm. but was recently delayed. So and this is them showing us like this is how cool dogfights can be. Like, do you want do you want this? (laughs) This is a little little taste of that. But (sighs) that's my thought. I like it. Like what? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like it. Yeah, and uh, I I like your theory. And my new theory is now that the New Republic. I'm just going to steal that from you. That the New Republic (laughs) is going to get involved. And like maybe those two X-wing like cops that we've seen. I think that they might get involved as well because of that. Yeah. Oh man, do you think we'll see like Grief Karga come back in this? Ooh, maybe. Ooh, that, that would, would be, be cool. cool. That would be cool. Because that would make sense. Oh, I just hit my mic again. That would make sense that he would get grief involved and other bounty hunters involved because when Mando left, he didn't think he had Freetown as like the people that would support him, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to come in as like the valiant reinforcements. So this is going to be one big just gumbo of Star Wars characters <laughs> Star all Wars in gumbo. one fight. We just y'all. We just renamed the podcast. This is now uh, Star Wars Gumbo. <laughs> that why did we go with that? That's amazing. Um, I'm now retroactively mad. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I love Boo Milk Drop. But so when if they just tease us though? When if they go full tilt and just and just like build up and we don't even see the fight and they're like next season on the book of yo Wolf that Fett. would piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me pretty mad. Oh my god! Don't do that. Don't yeah, do that. Don't. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna make me crazy. Uh, 
God, man. Well, that seems like the perfect opportunity. Do you want to go into like our episode ratings real quick? Yes. Um, for this, I'm struggling with how many Death Stars I want to give it. I, th- I think I think I have to give it five. Yeah. I guess five out of five Death Stars. It was so good. Really, really, really good. What, what, what about you? I think I like I want to give it five, but I Are you think four point seven five. That's my thought. Okay, I was struggling between like four and a half and five. I think I yeah. God, okay, now now you've kind of peer pressured me, dude. Um, I mean that last episode was dope. It was I it, okay. I think it in terms of storytelling, it like really flowed really well. This one was mm-hmm. kind of disjointed and it was all over the place, and it seemed like this one was more heavy on like relying on the Easter eggs, Easter eggs and the cameos to kind of get it through. But okay, thank you. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm glad that you and I are on the same page. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you were saying like Bryce Dallas Howard's a way better director, like she killed it, <laughs> like, murdered it. All, it. Everything yeah. made sense. Uh, for this one, I was just like, okay, you c- I can see where he's a little inexperienced. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not four. bad. Like we're not bashing Filoni at all. Like it was still no. good. Bryce Dallas Howard. It was just much better. Like you know, we talked about like the one take and how cinematic it all was, and you got mm-hmm. this feeling of how lived in the world was and everything. Yeah. And this one was this was still a very good episode i mean we've been gushing over it and but this one was more of a slower pace let's have some good dialogue about certain yeah. things and Hers which is was a, good sorry which is still you know it takes skill to do those scenes and everything from a directorial standpoint mm-hmm. but like in my power ranking chapter five is still at my number one and this is yes. probably my number two now yeah same very close number two mm-hmm. yeah Bryce Dallas Howard's was more of a cinematic experience. This one, like you said, was more of like sandbox fun. So yeah, I, I can't, I can't give it a full five for that, but man, did we have a lot of fun in that sandbox? Yeah. I'm going to um, retroact. I'm going to go back and give this episode four and a half. I'm going to do four and a half. I'm okay with that. Right. Okay. Let's do it. All right. I think that, uh, that finishes up the show. Brucker, you want to go ahead and close us out? Yes, thank you so much for listening to this extended episode of Blue Milk Drop. If you like us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Milk Drop. If you have any questions, comments, theories you want to share with us, we'll be happy to discuss that on the show. You can email it to us at bluemilkdrop at gmail.com or send us a DM on our socials. Please tag us in your Instagram stories and on Twitter. Let us know you're listening. Rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. Share us with friends. That is the best way to grow this show and we will see you next time for chapter seven the finale of the book of boba fett be careful where you stick your nose think it through (laughs) (laughs) my guys bye